I am Jupiter, and I am the Marshal. I am Oz, and I am playing Gus Rissle Lodge. It's Bamps, and I'm playing Sal Roxhall. This is Cotton, and I am playing Seamus McKinnon. And this is uh, Super Cookie, and I'm your friendly neighborhood pepper. I believe Seamus is the only one around the fire. The other three are walking back from the river. Uh, Seamus, do you startle in any way when you see that there's a six-foot-tall... Yeah, I believe, if I remember correctly, Seamus was freaking out and, like, yelled yeah. and pulled out a pistol and aimed it at the figure looming through the, you know, coming yeah. through the fire, looming over him. Okay, well, what you see is a 6'1", uh, Osage Indian. He has no facial hair at all. He's even shaved the eyebrows off, which is the custom for the tribe. His head is shaved, leaving it uh, on the top, uh, like a tuft of hair, that which kind of goes back to the back of the head and turns into like a, a, a ponytail, a piggy tail. Um, his ears have uh, slits. They look like they've been cut with knives and they hang very low under the weight of large, like earrings, ornamental earrings, uh, lots of bead and bone. And he also, you'll see tattoos, tattoos that cover his body. And he has many bracelets and necklaces. Uh, he carries a lance and a shield. And you'll see on his back a bow and a quiver. You'll also see on his waist a knife and a tomahawk. And you'll see hanging around his neck. It hangs pretty low. It's a, a large uh, leather pouch. Um, when you lift your gun up and aim it at him, he holds one hand up. In like a stop hand gesture and says, you can put that away. I'm here to help. And then you'll see him start to make himself at home in the camp. He pulls up a, a spot around the fire and he kind of situates himself and gets comfortable and just makes himself at home. Seamus uh, catches his breath. Like limps around in a circle opposite him. You know, almost across from the fire of him and sits down slowly with the gun lowered, but not fully pointed at the ground. Where the hell did you come from? I've been traveling the same trail that you travel. But to answer your question, I've, I've come from farther north, but I am here uh, to search the same people as you are searching. Huh, really? And why is that? He'll lift his head up, and then he'll turn towards the riverbed as the other three are seen approaching the camp. Well, I can't say I feel too comfortable three-on-one. I can't help but notice that now's the time you decided to come up here when I was off here by myself. He'll shake his head with like that look of disappointment. Say again. I'm here to help you. All right. Well, you know. Why don't we wait for your friends to come and settle as well? And we can all talk around the fire. Sounds like a fine peachy idea to me. Uh, the other three, as you uh, are walking back and you come to like the start of where the camp is, you'll see two individuals sitting around the fire. 
One is your friend Seamus holding a gun, and the other one is uh, the Indian I described, just sitting very relaxed and comfortable at the fire. Looks like I picked up a stray. Sal manages to find himself standing behind Pepper or Gristle, or both. <laughs> I, as I recall, Gristle was in front, because he's been Sus? having some kind of one-sided argument. Then Pepper was walking up next to him. So as uh, come up on the fire and, and Gus hears uh, Seamus talk about his stray, Gus will catch an eye, um, eye full of, of the Osage that's sitting there. And it, Gus is already pale, man. And Gristle just goes even more white. And the cauldron that he cleaned just clatters to the ground and he's scrabbling for that that pistol at his hip as he takes a step back. The man looks terrified. Pepper just stops and just looks. Her hand is always by her holster. So that's, you know, no surprise. And she she's had interactions with locals, I guess you could say before. Uh, so just a little wary. As you three approach the camp um, to Sal and Pepper, the Indian will just do a, a nod to Gus. There's a bit of a stink eye. I think that stink eye is going to break through Gus's fear for a minute. And his eye narrows, but he's still going for that gun. And to you, in a very firm and commanding tone, he will say, just sit and listen. I don't know what you're doing coming here, but... Um... He'll look at you and say, you both know what I am doing coming here. <laughs> I look to Pepper like, uh, what's going on? Uh, almost like he's pouting, I think. Gus is going to half stomp over to the fire, get halfway there, turn around, grab the cauldron, drag it over, and just, like, not even sit, but busy himself nearby the wagon. Says, I got chores to do, but I'll listen. That's all you're getting out of me. Pepper will raise her hand and um, greet this person as closely as she can to mimicking like how they say hello in their language mm -hmm. um which probably butchers it but she tries and she just kind of sits on you know a blanket that she had had by the fire before uh seeing this he'll quickly hop up onto his feet and he'll look to all of you and and he'll do a, a slight bow and say i'm kawaska and then he'll kind of look and squint at all three of you and go, but you may call me White Horse. I was told the good book said that you'd be coming. I doubt it was a book that told you. Gus has nothing to say to that because he's heard of the Bible, but he's never read it on account that he can't read. But he'll look to the other three of you, not to Gus. He'll look to the other three of you and kind of uh, he'll sit back down and, and look expectantly at you guys to introduce yourselves. 
Uh, Sal will take a read of the room and be like, all right, there's clearly some, maybe not bad blood, but definitely some some history here. Might be worse than bad blood, but he'll try to soothe the situation. Um, it's like, yeah, I'm Sal. And uh, after a moment of thinking about it, clearly he'll offer his hand for a shake. Not really knowing if that's going to go over well. He'll look at your extended hand and he'll just kind of mirror you like, all right. And he'll put your hand. Yeah, he'll he'll clasp it. Yeah, I just, it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you must be one of the good ones. Yes, we'll start. And he'll kind of look confused at you like, I don't. I don't know what you mean by good one. Me neither. Anyway, um, <laughs> what's and motion around to the camp that we have set up? Uh, how can we help you? I guess. And he'll kind of look at you like, we will speak of this, but then he'll look to the other two. Pepper spits and just looks at him. Names pepper seeing that you don't want to offer anymore he will just respectfully give an acknowledgement and then he'll look uh, finally at uh, Seamus well I'm Seamus and I wonder what you're doing here and why you want to help us you probably don't like witches the benders cannot succeed and I have been and he'll look to Gus, brought back to help ensure that they don't succeed. Gus uh, will drop a ladle and then turn. He looks bewildered. They did. What? That's not what I heard. That is not the discussion that I've been having. Uh, what? And he'll look at you and say, Yes, what lies has your demon told you? Gus is going to give the shifty eyes to like everybody else who's sitting there who <laughs> their suspicions but clearly didn't know. Seamus is now scowling at everyone. Gus will take a second and he'll sigh <clears throat> and he'll say, um, He told me that the Queen of the Damned is going to be his bride. And I'm not sure which one it is, but I got an inkling it's going to be the younger one because I can't can't think that he would want the mother. But he's overjoyed. Yes, I'm sure yours is thrilled. He'll still give the stink eye to Gus, but to the three of you, he looks very pleasant and calm and accepting. But whenever he looks at Gus or whenever Gus talks, it's the stink guy. It's and it's hundred percent like returned. Like Gus has got a scowl that you've just never seen before. And it's scowling enough that probably on a high enough notice roll there's somebody's gonna see like blood trickling down the back of his head. He's scowling so hard. Does anybody want to make a notice roll? Oh. Sal 100% sees it. 
got that raised. 100% sees that. Probably also because I'm looking at the back of your head just to make sure that, you know, if I need to put a bullet in there. (laughs) So is there a reason it would be from the back of his head? Yes. So that he can't see me coming. (laughs) No, god damn it. That the blood would be coming from the back of his head as opposed to his nose, like an anime or something. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's specifically trickling down from above what hairline he has underneath the hat. Does the does our guest seem to have the same kind of questionable pallor and such about him that I might be suspicious of him? You know, for Indians you've seen, they've always been kind of a little darker in skin tone this one does seem he seems a little washed out the other question i would ask since sal did get an incredible amount on his wild die and i do know a lot about this how does he smell oh about as good as uh as gus does does he he stinks of whiskey not whiskey no he smells a little mm. off a little off, a little like a that that little sweet smell, mm, like a, a few fruit. days expired. Yeah, like the fruit's just a little overripe. That that sweet rotty smell. He's fermented. Yeah, a bit. So at this point, Seamus knows that his his compatriot is indeed a harrow. Does he know that our native friend is harrowed? On a six, that's uh, that's storyteller's yeah. choice. You have suspicions, but I don't think you have confirmation you haven't seen him eat brains well this explains a hell of a lot (laughs) i don't know everything what i know i'm pissed off about and i was already i'm more pissed off now everybody here who's got something interesting to hide better unhide it we're all here the compact of this goddamn campfire no i ain't hid shit i don't want y'all hiding shit He's super hit shit, but he's not going to talk about that because he's hiding it. Sal is totally not hit shit, even though he's hiding shit. I don't know if that requires a deception roll or whatever the fuck, but there you go. He's mad about other people hiding shit. Make a deception roll. I don't have it on my sheet, so I can't do that. It's just, I'm, you know, I'm not hiding anything. It's y'all are hiding stuff, and I'm tired of it. Okay. So when you get done saying this, he, uh, you'll see your visitor at the camp, White Horse. Kind of roll his eyes at you. And he'll look to Sal and Pepper and I am here to help. And he'll look back to Seamus. I'm not here to deceive. I'm not hiding. I'm one person and I know the foe is mighty and great. I need more people in case I fail. I need to prepare you in case I fail. All right, sounds pretty important to you then, doesn't it? It should be important to everyone. Well, it is, so it's important enough to you to not want to cut. Cut of what? Nothing. Exactly. How have you conquered so much land and can be this stupid? Oh, there's there's a lot of us. <laughs> I don't think Seamus has conquered much of anything, but... I think he's just talking about the white man in general. 
Well, I don't know. Some may say it's because of our uh, better way of life or hygiene. <clears throat> he'll like put a nice scooby loogie in the fire. At the mention of hygiene, he'll shoot a look at uh, Gus. Gus glares right back. Pepper scratches up under her armpit and spits <laughs> at hygiene. <laughs> Sal had a bath last week, so clearly he's fine. <laughs> and when it seems like Seamus isn't going to rant anymore about cuts of nothing, he'll kind of, White Horse will kind of reset with his arms kind of in like a motion of like welcoming, like what do you know about what you face? He'll cross his arms. Four of them killed a lot of people. They um, had a big um, marsh of blood underneath their house and drained a lot of folk and buried them feet down. So if someone stumble across them, they'd wake up and attack the living, even though they was dead. He uh, begrudgingly points to that other pot that's got, like, the, the lid is partially opened. If it wasn't you, I'd offer you something. But what's left is in there. Whole bunch of funny symbols on everything. I, boy over there thinks it's in one of his picture books. I'll look at Sal. I'll just kind of like give him one of those looks of like, what are you? All right. And then I will get my picture book, as he calls it, and <laughs> uh, just kind of like thumb through it to show the the information that we talked about last time about, mm-hmm. you know, bride, yeah. queen, bed, symbols. He'll look at it, and you'll see him kind of go into almost a trance-like state. Like It's like he's not even there anymore. His body is, but his consciousness is not present with you. It's somewhere else. And then he, he is like that for like a minute or two, and then he takes the book, and he tosses it back to you, and he said, Child fairy tales compared. Catch the book in my chest, like, like, okay, um, all right, well, a powerful fuck you to you too, but <laughs> this sure does match up. It does, in some aspects, yes, but the greater threat to the world, it doesn't begin to mention the horrors that will come. If the benders succeed. Cool. What's this just uh s'more hell on earth? At that he'll kind of look a little impressed by you, he say. Exactly. And he'll get up and walk over to that pot that's slightly uncovered that Gus pointed out, and he'll stick his hand in and what's in there, Gus? Uh at this point it's about Half of a human brain, it has rotted over the past few days, although it was in a skull at the time, so probably not as bad as before. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it is um i mean it's it's got bites taken out of the frontal lobes and it was almost like kind of evened out on both sides as if you know trying to see if there's a difference between the left and right hemisphere and there really wasn't but at least he was kind of neat about it is it like the the choice piece in the pot in that pot yes it would be the yes. only piece that's he'll all take he left that there. out he'll take that out and go back and sit down and you guys can watch him greedily eat it all gus Gus just watches and like he's he's mad about it, but he can't say anything because it kind of like law of hospitality stuff. That's some shit mm. that he does still remember and still holds to. But he's mad about it. Mm. Oh god damn it! You know maybe it wouldn't be so bad if Hell came back to Earth and just kind of cleaned up all this. You aren't listening. I said more Hell on Earth. It's all around us every day. And she spits again. Look, I don't care if it's hell on earth, heaven on earth, or somewhere in but goddamn tween. I know in every single one of them, it's better to be rich than not. So when you get done licking your lips on that there skull fruit, you just let us know how you can help us. As he eats and he makes no apologies as to how gross or messy it is. He does it as if he was eating a chicken leg. He doesn't care. Uh, but in between bites, there's no etiquette here. You'll see him chewing with his mouth open as he does it. He'll say... Just rude. If the youngest bender completes the ritual, she will bring hell on earth. Literally. We have to stop them all. So they can't do the ritual. So she cannot wed the Reckoner. I mean, quite, I don't see how that quite interferes with our basic idea of find them and fill them full of lead. Doesn't. But you need to know what it is you face. Well? You uh, you know that guy, Gristle? This Reckoner? This guy, friend of yours? Damn near killed her. Ha! <laughs> Reckoner ain't a friend of nobody but the darkness. That's all I can say right now. Mm-hmm. White Horse will kind of have a steady gaze at Gus for a bit. Gus is incredibly uncomfortable. It's like, you know, the 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 kid that, you know, his hand wasn't in the cookie jar, but he's been looking at the cookie jar ever since, like, White Horse walked in. And he's like shying away from it, kind of, kind of look like, yeah, he's not real happy, and he's even more sus now. He'll look at you and he'll say, "You serve yours. You should learn how to master it instead." He said, "I didn't belong down there, and it was your kind that sent me in that direction." All I did was build a way stop so people could travel and have a nice rest and a good time. And look at me now. They lie. You've been given a second chance. You're here. You're trying to do something good. 
in trying to stop the benders, even if it is for a selfish gain. But you need to control yours. You need to master yours, not serve it, not do as it tells you. And it will deceive you at every turn. Fine, what do I have to do? Tell it no, it's that easy? Well, to start, but maybe having your wits about you would help as well. You know, kind of look over at one of the liquor bottles that I'm sure is around. Knowing my group. I I think, like, <laughs> what, White Horse is going to, like, his gaze is going to land on one. I'm sure he's going to look at Gus, and Gus is like, that one ain't mine. <laughs> that one's Irish. I don't drink nothing Irish. <laughs> it's just as bad as, eh, never mind. He'll look to the other three. You're lucky that you have a conduit to hell. And then he'll kind of glance at Gus as he says that. That could get you powerful resources, good information, as long as he can control it. I heard you the first time. Is that uh, who you're talking to down there by the creek? That, that your your friend, this reckoner, this conduit? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Ain't. Ain't no reckoner I've been talking to. Just uh, one of them bookkeepers down below says I wasn't supposed to be there and he had to sit on my shoulder and watch over me to make sure I was on the straight and narrow and I had to be on the Midnight Express. And Well, I already told you all about that. And that's the eating brains how. He was hungry. And it's how I keep together, as Mr. White Horse has so deftly demonstrated. It's not the first time y'all seen it now, is it? Seen a lot of weird shit out here, that's for damn sure. This ain't the first, I'm sure as hell won't be the last. Gus is going to look at White Horse, and there's like this little thing in the back of his head, and he says... This this ritual thing, this queen of the undead. Has she got power over us? She has power to try to harm you, but it isn't until you're dead that she has her true power over you. All right. Noggin full of lead still do the job, or is there something special that's got to be done? Nothing special. She just ceases to exist and all will be fine. But all of them, because if if it is just the youngest that is eliminated, the others could find somebody else and show her the way. Well, you know where they're holed up at? Are there any weaknesses? They're headed north now. I believe they're going to catch a train. And again, he'll kind of go into like this weird trance state and he'll kind of put his head back looking up to the sky with his eyes closed. And all of a sudden it looks like there's a, a bit of a internal struggle. You'll see him kind of scrunch up. You'll see him tense, kind of shake a bit. 
and then he'll quickly open his eyes and he said, a train to Galveston. Would this information be like obvious in terms of where that must be from? Like, like the nearest northern train hub? Uh, you know, if you go north, you can catch a train. And yeah, you'd have to find one to that would head there. But yeah, I think it's common knowledge. Okay. Does Is it common knowledge how Native Americans and or Osage view Harrowed? Nobody views Harrowed as a good thing because it's basically like a, a possessed puppet. Kind of. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anyone? Uh, that that is correct. Like the the Osage or like the Indian nations aren't opinions are pretty well unified. If you're not Harrowed, you don't like Harrowed. That this this yeah. is a possessed walking corpse. Yeah, it's a possessed walking corpse. You know, a Harrowed is they have died and they have been brought back to be inhabited by a demon. From hell, right? They they still possess the wounds that killed them. Mm-hmm. Um, they do not heal mm-hmm. like people heal. Like they will have to sew themselves shut. They were they are flesh eaters because that is the only way they survive. They need they need meat, carrion, cooked mm-hmm. whatever, but they need a pound of meat a day. And if you have a strong smell of whiskey, at this point in the Weird West, it's a coin flip as to whether or not they're a drunkard or a harrowed. There have even been rumors that um, some famous Pinkertons, um, some famous rangers, might even be harrowed. There you go. So yeah, Osage don't like harrowed. Living Osage. Alright, so are you coming along for the ride or are you just pointing us the direction? Pointing you in the direction. I will go first and if I am unsuccessful I know you will follow and you hopefully can complete the deed if I fail. Why go it alone? Because he's a hunter. That's what they do. You'll see an evil smile on his face when that is said. Gus has been eyeing that tomahawk. <laughs> so we're the plan B, huh? Hmm. Indeed. Huh. The ace up your sleeve. Well. So what do you know? What do you know about those you face? Well, Four of them. Witches. Evil, pure and simple. They're north and not immune to bullets. That's really the big two. <laughs> and he'll look to Sal, you with the picture book. He looks down at the picture book and is like, well, I know I don't want this. And he just kind of waves it for dramatic effects. And uh, he said bullets work, so pulls back the corner of his duster where his weapon is holstered with some extra bullets. Okay. And then begrudgingly, he'll look at Gus. Oh, my my little companion hasn't said much except gloat, 
But on account, it's queen of the undead. I know they can rise them from their graves. I know that they take care of their cutting implements, although they've been using scythes to cut them, which is kind of strange. But on account of their obsession with the Grim Reaper, it makes a little bit of sense. So I'd assume you got four people who know how to ambush a man, invite him to dinner, so they got a little bit of charm and... I'm sure the young one's a looker, and they got themselves some knowledge of the arts, and they got somebody on the inside. I don't rightly know who. On the inside of what? <laughs> well, I'd say hell, but we already know that's the case. I mean, they got somebody in the know, like... Maybe the law or the military depends on how long they stand out of the out of the Confederacy. Because well, they're heading north first, and then they're gonna head down to the the Lone Star territories, and they know how to get by all the people looking for them. Because everybody is looking at, at Dodge City and and Wichita. They're, they didn't go east. They're not going north. They ain't going south. They're, everybody's off in the wrong direction. So they got people trying to help them out. And they're in positions of power. And you and I both know that a lot of promises get made. I'm still waiting for a way station to be rebuilt, in fact. They'll kind of scoff at that last bit there. And he'll say they have their hell has many agents. And yes, they are helping them. They want the ritual to happen. And they will do what it takes. But you are facing people who can raise the dead in a notice. An army. You are facing callous, heartless people. Who will kill anyone and anything that stands in their way. She has a conduit directly to hell. Who knows what she can summon forth. But yes, your lead should work if you can get close enough to put it in her. Sal takes out the book and starts flipping through it again, looking for any other information. And then asks, you said she has a conduit to hell. Is that like... And then he points with the book. It's two of that. What's, what is he pointing to in the book? He's using the book to point at... Uh, Crystal and well, Whitehorse, the guy he's talking mm-hmm. asking whether or not it's like ah, uh, it's like their situation yeah, yeah, he'll say no oh, good. she has the ability to send her spirit there and come back to her body oh, well, that makes sense. we'll just wait till she's out and then Still got the other three to contend with. Uh, well, find out where they're camping and light it on fire. They're going to be on a train. Galveston. So either we can find the train, find the track, or get to Galveston first and make sure that we're ready when they arrive. Um. So... Pepper just kind of looks at Sal. 
because it is Sal's donkey, right? Seamus's donkey. Seamus's donkey. Okay, so she just looks at Seamus and it's asks, a mule, I believe. <laughs> an ass. It's an ass. That's yeah, better. an ass. <laughs> How fast that ass deer is going to travel? Can it keep up? And she just kind of nods to her own horse. Hey, don't you question Shamrock here? He can he can he can go as fast as he needs to go, or at least steadier than anybody any, any mount anyone else here has got. Sounds like we're chasing down a train, boys. How far ahead of us are they? Half a day, two days, a day, maybe two. I'm going to ride north tonight to try to find them. What train? If I'm able to locate that, again, begrudgingly to Gus, I'll get word to you. Well, I can't really think there's too many tracks that would be heading to Galveston from, say, Kansas City or even as far north as Omaha. But I suppose we can start heading south towards Galveston ourselves until we find the railroad track. And, well, if you figured out where they are and hit up the way station, and them, them way stations got, got train schedules, don't they? I mean, when I was riding for the Express, we had schedules. We kept to them. Sure, a couple horses might have died, but none of the riders did. Well, not again. So your plan is to go to Galveston and just wait? No, I think my plan is to find a train way station that's heading south towards Galveston. If you got the train, we'll make sure we're on the right track. And if we are, we'll go ahead and get aboard. And Well, I could always disconnect these two from my poor old wagon here and have a good old-fashioned train robbery. Wild at that, in motion. At that train robbery comment, Pepper just can't take it anymore. She just kind of hoots. <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds like we have ourselves a semblance of a plan. And since you're going off all yourself, it just kind of leaves a problem with this one. And he looks over at Gus. <sighs> Looks like you hadn't been entirely honest with us there. Well, you tell me, Mr. Green Goo, <laughs> man of large explosions and lots of fish, what part of I, certainly I, I died once and went to hell and came back and have a man with me that likes to make fun of me and torment my dreams, what part of that would have made you engender your trust? Well, none of it. That's why you lied. That's kind of the entire point here. Is you're out there eating brains. And I'm probably sure with us eating brains. And God knows what other parts. What happens if you get a little peckish? I take one of them fish you caught and I swallow it whole. Huh. Well, in that case, maybe you shouldn't ask so many questions about fish and why it's fishy. Maybe you should just say thank you. And go on with your night. Gus will 
dust his hands off on his duster, and then he will put a hand on his hat and take it off and put it in front of his heart. And he says, well, thank you very much for the meal. And as he takes that, that hat off, you see that some of the hair comes with it. And on the inside of the brim, that you can see that it's been like glued or something. And the top of his head is just this mass of scar tissue and strips of removed flesh. It is very clear as Gus is eyeing the tomahawk on White Horse's belt that this man died by being scalped. Ooh. And then he'll put the hat back on. So if you don't want to travel further with myself, I understand. But on account of old white horse here, saying that there's some kind of danger that's going to bring hell to earth, and I'm being shamed into resting control from a little friend, I still feel honor bound to get it done. So as the rest of you don't have to deal with, I'm gonna have to, and O'Reilly did deal with. If that's all right with you, I'd like it to be with the rest of you. If not, I'll be on my way in the morning. I find myself in a bit of a pickle. On one hand, you ain't really with the living. On the other hand, you ain't ate us yet. I never really went to church. So I don't really care so much about what it is and what someone says is right and wrong. Have it up till now, don't figure I'll start. But if you make one move or even get a little leery toward this here dome, he'll tap the barrel of his gun against the crown of his head. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it'll last a long time. And based on what I know about your kind, you don't want, you tend to linger. That we do. How about the rest of y'all? I look over at Pepper and uh, and Sal. We all promise to go in for the bounty. The sooner we do that, the sooner we can all go our own ways. Pepper just slowly makes eye contact with everyone around the fire. And Gus last. Breakfast was good. I reckon I can have breakfast again tomorrow. Maybe the next day. Gus will nod. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Mr. Osage, have any more sage advice there for us? He'll look at each of you one by one, kind of like assessing you. When he gets to Sal, he takes a little longer, almost in that trance-like state again. And then he comes back kind of shocked, and he kind of tilts his head questioningly at Sal. And then he looks back at you, Seamus. You say that the only one here who has secrets is him. And then quick glance back to Sal. I'm sure all of you have secrets. I know that for a fact. Despite himself, Gus will smile and he will also look at Sal. 
course I got what one would call secrets. I've only known you people for like two days. Pepper uh, grabs one of the fur. I think she has like a fox pelt hanging off of her side. And she just kind of pulls it over into her lap so that the head of the pelt is kind of just in her lap. And she just starts petting it like she's petting a pet and just looking at Sal waiting. What you want to hear from me? By the time when I was on leave, I snuck off to shack up with a Yankee woman? Don't right think that's desertion. It's too late now to get me on it anyway. He'll stand up and, and I, I need to go now to make it up north in time. He'll close his eyes, kind of straining a bit, but then when he opens them, he'll point to Sal. The seventh son may never get an eighth. But if you get this done, it will cement your legend. Sal looks fake confused by that, like, listens to it, clearly hears and internalizes what has been said, and then is like, what? He'll kind of sigh at how you're pretending you don't know. <laughs> Look at Gus. You master it by learning its name. How the hell is that supposed to work? Dalgoth is mine. And I control him because I know his name. Alright, how'd you figure it out? It's very difficult. It's a battle of wits. Ah, shit. Well, you have a long long journey ahead he'll kind of like do a, a quick little whistle and you'll see a, a very lovely large beautiful white horse walk into your camp and then he'll go and hop on it even with all the bracelets bones and beads and everything you don't hear a sound come out of him when he hops up onto that horse he'll look to all of you and say I will reach out when I can, when I know more. Well, all right. Gus knows there's supposed to be like a happy trails or a safe journey, and it's very clear he's not going to even start to say something like that. Pepper will, though. She will uh, continue to pet her fox and just break her eye contact with South and look at um, White Horse and, you know, raise her hand in a goodbye type of a wave and attempt to say a word that she has heard that she thinks maybe sounds goodbye in a native language. Um, again, the try hard is there, but totally butchered. Well, adios. Oh, starts to walk off towards his stuff like where they were making camp and on the way just kind of like half leans down and just knocks the, the fox pelt out of the pepper slab. <laughs> Dick move. And White Horse just trots away again in silence. Gone. And now the fire in night is yours. Yeah, that was kind of a dick move. So as Pepper's standing up to grab her 
you know, I mean, it's connected to her belt. So it just kind of does like a fling to the side. But she, of course, stands up because now she's got to brush extra dirt off of her and just stares daggers into his back um, and just says to Sal, secrets, huh? Y'all got your cute little secrets there, son. I think he just looks back over his shoulder at you with one of those like kind of looks and then goes about just trying to uh trying to go to sleep for the night or whatever it's like i'm not going to engage with this because something is clearly upsetting me but i think at this point gus is actually going to finish cleaning up because of course he he stopped in order to be a pouty child with uh with white a lot, that, a lot of that going around right now yeah yeah whole bunch wonder why no idea and he will like he finishes up and closes his his cook box and he reaches over for the box of whiskey and picks up a bottle and he's about to thumb it open and he stops and he looks at the bottle, and he looks at where White Horse rode off. He looks back at the fire and back at the bottle. And he's going to keep doing that for like five, ten minutes. Like he's having another internal conversation. Pepper's going to go lean herself against a tree. She's not sleeping laying straight down tonight. Um, she's going to wrap herself up in her furs. And just kind of rest one eye for a few. Just get comfortable around these weirdos again. Is there any other conversation that anybody's having? Or is everybody just in this awkward stage and we're all just going to awkwardly go to sleep? I think it's the awkward stage of awkwardly going to sleep and then tomorrow morning pretending like none of this ever happened, but also all knowing <laughs> Yeah, that, that's exactly how I feel. It's it's everyone yeah. like at the same time, like the, the, the Osage Indian leaves and like it, it's a bit of quiet and everyone almost simultaneously just moves to their own like mm -hmm. uh, tent or, or, or sleeping area besides, you know, mm -hmm. just away. They just like move away. Yeah. No, like perfectly sense. equidistant. Okay. I, I think Gus, like, after his 10 minutes, would say, um, if you got any questions, I'll be honest in answering. And then he just falls dead asleep and just, like, smacks the wagon on his way down. Like, just somebody reached out and turned off his light switch. And then you can hear him snoring. Well, that's probably the best thing for all of us to do. Thus concludes this episode of Deadlands, The Bloody Benders. This game references the Savage Worlds game system, available from Pinnacle Entertainment Group at www.peginc.com. It is unofficial media content permitted under the Media Network Content Agreement. This content is not managed, approved, or endorsed by Pinnacle Entertainment Group. Certain portions of the materials used are the intellectual property of Pinnacle, and all rights are reserved. 
Savage Worlds, all related settings and unique characters, locations, logos, and trademarks are copyrights of Pinnacle Entertainment Group. I think that I have uh, never won one of these roles. Except maybe once. I mean, like, back in Shadowrun days or something. Or, yeah. Uh-oh, it's a oh. one. It's a one. Pepper Does that mean Pepper. I won? No, that means you get, you did. You get to do it. You yeah. win. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> the roles continue unchanged. That's right. <laughs> pass, pass down from master to student. I do like how everybody else rolled a six, eight, and nine. Yeah. Like, that's great. <laughs> it should have been a seven, and instead it was a one. Yep. Broke the straight. Uh, it was an inside straight. They usually break. Yeah. Uh, the 26th of July, 2023, we're playing Deadlands, and Pepper is going to tell us what happened last time. <gasps> Go, Pepper. Hi, it's Cookie. So I play Pepper, and I'm going to tell you what I remember, which, you know, <laughs> my member isn't always great, but I took notes. <laughs> so um, Seamus and Sal don't trust Gristle because remember they called him eating brains and stuff. And they were also kind of suspicious of Pepper because, you know, she is very sus. Um, Cause you weren't upset about the fact that he was eating brains. <laughs> yeah. That seems like a normal thing to be concerned about. No, totally. This is fine. Type of an attitude is what Pepper took. Um, she set up bear traps because this is there's this giant bear that's like definitely the problem that's hunting them down. Um, <laughs> there was some kind of crazy splashing in the river. There was a weird corn doll with witch symbols on it. Um, I think that they killed the river thing. Gristle like manhandled it and yoinked its head off. And it was a baby mud sucker, which sounds terrible. Um, Gristle, no concern at all, which is also kind of sus. Um, I think they cooked it for dinner, maybe? Uh, no, we were told it was poisonous and that we could not do that. Okay, we did not do that. Um, the they were, they were watching Gristle very closely, so he did not do that. They wanted to know if he was going to eat its brains too, maybe. Uh, the maybe. creepy doll uh, has a symbols on it, some kind of Queen of the Undead symbols, but Pepper can't read, so that was embarrassing for her when they wanted to explain, like. They, somebody had a book, right? Sal had a Penny Dreadful magazine. Mm -hmm. um, and then Gristle got like really weird, started mumbling weird stuff under his breath. Uh, the guys made Pepper follow him. So she did and tried to have a moment. And he said something really weird to her about uh, not joining the Midnight Express. And then the doll just fell over creepily the corn doll in the fire and like went up sparks and everything. And there was that Osage Indian that had been following them. Wow. I hope cookie wins this role more often in future why episodes. Why don't we just make her do no? it all the time? That's no? not fair. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, I got, That's I got news for you. Do. Life isn't fair. Uh, <laughs> Meh. I'm going to need a couple no. more zeros to my paycheck. Nope. <laughs> nope, I tell nope, you nope, what, nope. there will there will be an additional zero on your paycheck. 
<laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> it'll be an additional zero. Yeah, now it'll be uh, zero dot zero zero. It'll be zero zero dot zero zero. So why don't you and your friends just sit on that side of the fire, and I'll sit right here on this side. The friends that he is referring to are your friends, not his. Oh, I thought he had like Hello. three people. Nope, no. your friends oh. coming back, not Whoops. his. That's okay. We'll Did edit we? that out. <laughs> that will be edited out. Um, Gus is going to give the shifty eyes to like everybody else who's sitting there who <laughs> their suspicions but clearly didn't know. Out of character, I assume the jig is up at this point. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's hundred fifty percent up. It's like it's like that scene like, like in um I don't know Shane Tatum was like ding <laughs> twenty two jump street. There we go. Wow, out of character, how sexist. Oh, incredibly. <laughs> but you know what? This is Deadlands, baby. Yep. Why it's why Gus was laughing when Sal said he's one of the good ones. Like there's no good ones. What is this? No good ones. I don't have it on my sheet, so I can't do that. What do you got? I have weirds I have common knowledge. I have persuasion and unskilled. These are the <laughs> Why didn't it Oh shit. The second one is not real. Despite the fact that it's excellent. <laughs> The, the first one, one is not real. Yeah, the 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 beautiful rolls are all nice and green. Those not real. The zero minus one, those are indeed real. Those are the real ones. Yeah. So you may think he's full. I mean, you don't know how he's full of shit, presumably. 